Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preacher's contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting segment of Godsplaining. The pause was to help you build the anticipation as we entered into the show. Um, I am your host today, Father Patrick Mary Briscoe, which is why Father Bonaventure is like looking at me like, dude, you're supposed to say things right now. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm a humble guest, uh, Father Bonaventure. Wow. wow, this is beautiful. Look at look at that spirit of, of soul that he's manifesting to you. Yeah, so um, I am joined today by my guest, Father Bonaventure Chapman, who's not a guest. He's one of the hosts of the show. Oh, right. Sorry about that. I'm a yeah, guest. No. I'm a guest host. I don't know. No, we'll just stick to, yeah, other host. Yeah, Father Bonaventure is talking about Riverside, our new updated retorting, recording technology. So uh, it's very one impressive. of us is always the host and one is the guest. It's very impressive. And you also look like we're filming you from above. So I think it's fantastic. I know so, you like the high camera angle. I love so this. That's yeah. to show off that I don't have a bald spot. That's true. But and, lots uh, of gray hairs. So, uh, so yeah, the chaplaincy must be uh, keeping you busy. Rough. That's right. Yeah. So I'm a chaplain at Providence College and we're continuing to, um, yeah, just go forward. I, I still, I was reflecting on this with another student. I can't believe that we are still instructing students in person. Um, I did not, I did not see that happening for a long period this fall. I thought, you know, for sure we would be closed down. Um, and then we didn't, we made it through the fall semester and, uh, now we've begun the spring semester and, um, well, in fact, we're quickly approaching midterms. Yeah. And March is here already, and everyone's still yeah. This, this, and Lent is is upon us, and all of this. So we're it, time just during COVID time. Time doesn't work right. Everything just feels the same. So midterms have just jumped on everybody. I think weekends feel like lunch breaks. Mm, that's fair. I think. That, and then think I'm that, so excited. Very... I'm so excited when we'll be done with computer screens, staring at for long Zoom sessions. I'm sure everyone's uh, getting really, really sick of that. Um, but just around the corner, hopefully, um, by the time you hear this, maybe it'll be over. Yeah, please, please, you know, <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, so today's episode is about um, love. We that we are three virtues in to our Back to Virtue series uh, this Lent, Lent 2021. And um, we wanted to talk about the virtues because they're the core if you will, they they really are the heart of St. Thomas Aquinas's moral theology. They're very dynamic. Um, talking about lists of sins, um, less exciting, I think, because sin just kind of blends together uh, in my mind. But the virtues are very dynamic, and each of them um, is very different. And we can look at how the different virtues are represented in the lives of the different saints and see something that's very dynamic, very beautiful, very different than a, a laundry list of sins. So if you haven't listened to Faith or Hope yet... Um, not persons, but the episodes on the virtues of faith and hope. If you haven't listened to those two episodes yet, we would certainly encourage you to. Um, not that they will be particularly illuminating in the context of this episode, because it will stand on its own, but... Uh, yeah, and higher than the other me... ones, too. <laughs> oh, indeed, yes. Well, at least, right, at for... least it's topic-wise, since faith and hope will not be with you in heaven, but charity or love, the virtue of love, will be with you in heaven. But more on that later. As St. Paul says, the greatest of these is Starbucks. Dominican nope. faith. Love. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is a good point because Dominicans, I think I'm excited about this episode to talk about with, with Dominicans because Franciscans are generally love people. I think I did an episode a while back with Father Gregory Pine about Dominicans and Franciscans and the difference between the intellect and the will. 
Um, and the will, of course, love is the is the key power, you could say, of the will. It's loving. And knowing is the key power of the intellect. And Franciscans, uh, intellectually as well as kind of charismatically, I suppose, are kind of will people. They're voluntarist people. They're into love. And Dominicans, we're kind of thinking people, intellect people. Um, so we love faith. Faith is our faith is kind of our key virtue. So getting Dominicans to talk about love, I suppose, is kind of like getting Franciscans to talk about faith. Uh, sometimes you're just nice to, to talk about the <laughs> these things. And there is, an, again, an asymmetry. Lo- love is more important than faith, even though it doesn't always seem that way. But faith, of course, is what gets you to love. You can't love something if you don't know it. You can't know God without faith. So, But you don't end there. That's a little sh- screed. But we, we've jumped way ahead of... Um, of any sort of semblance of plan or natural pedagogy in talking about love, because love is also that word that can mean anything or any anything to anybody. So if you ask a random college student at PC, Father Patrick Mary, um, what what is love? What are they going to say? Uh, I don't know, Father. It'll be awkward, that's that, for sure. That, that would be the response that I would get. I mean, one place that I like to start is actually through a presentation that I I used to give, you know, in high school. I was um, a chastity speaker. That won't surprise you about me, Father Bonaventure. And we went we went around to um, elementary school classrooms um, as high schoolers, right, and kind of encouraged, encouraged people in upright and holy living. And my bit was to do the bit about love, and I, I did the whole little shtick about how there are different kinds of love um, you say that you love pizza, and that's not the same. That's not the same thing as saying that you love another person. And the love that you have for your parents is different than the kind of romantic love you have. And so my shtick on all of that was to make all these different distinctions about love. Mm. So I think, I think generally though, the first impulse, the first reaction, the first thought that comes to most people's minds, and um, when you say what is what does love mean, and you know when I press my students, what they would say is that it's some kind of feeling, mm. a, an emotional draw that there's an impulse or a, an attraction that they can't that they can't quite put their finger on, that they can't quite articulate or explain. And, um, and in a sense, I want to say they're dead on. I mean, this is where the Thomist comes in and says, "You're absolutely right. Uh, love is more than a feeling, but it's not less than a feeling." Uh, because we start out with love as a basic passion. I mean, Thomas, in his in his treatise on on morals, you could say, in the Prima Secundae of the Summa Theologiae, starts with the passions that these are important elements to the human person, um, our emotional life, you could say, as we'd say today, and then builds from there, right? So moves from the passions to something like a human love, then to the supernatural love, and I think that's the right starting point. To, to a discussion about love is that it is a feeling. I mean, it's, it's it's silly to say, oh no, it's not it's not a feeling. It is it is a feeling. We feel we, you said an impulse. There's a ecstatic character. I mean, if you again compare this with knowing, knowing is bringing something into yourself, right? So I I see something on the chalkboard. Two plus two equals four, and I make that my own by knowing how to do that myself. So I learn from the world to myself, interior. Whereas love is the exact opposite direction. Love is going out of yourself. It, it's like being drawn. There's a, well, it's based on the desire, a fundamental passion, impulse that we're drawn to things. We're drawn to things. And it could be 
It could be chocolate ice cream. It could be, you know, I, I happen to love uh, Buffo Americanus, the toads. I've, I'm drawn to toads. I think they're just fantastic. Whatever s- suits your fancy, not everything, but many things, whatever draws you, we talk about that in a very base sense, but a real sense is love. I love this, so I love pizza. It'd be a, what be crass if we said, no, you don't really love pizza. No, you do, and it's legitimate that you feel desirous for this, and you feel, if you see it, it's like your body is pulling you towards that thing. You're going out of yourself so that you can bring the pizza into you, right? You're moving towards it. Um, you desire it, you know, and that's a basic aspect of our passionate life is being drawn towards the good and being repelling ourselves, moving, avoiding the evil, the bad. But of course, the good is the primary one there, since it's the thing that we strive for. It makes us perfect. So the passions are about being drawn out of ourselves towards the good in some way. And that's that's a nice basic definition of love. I'm reminded, as you've been speaking, I was reminded of what Father James used to always say to us, our novice master, Father James Sullivan, he used to insist on this first movement of being drawn drawn to the Dominican order as attraction. Mm. And he, Father James insisted that attraction was a fundamentally Dominican sense and that, that this first impulse to join the order, to uh, want to know more about it, to admire its traditions, that this for him was attraction and, it, it, and that this was a suitable word to describe those first movements from within. And I remember being really shocked by that uh, because it seemed... Uh, I don't know, even a little bit obscene to me <laughs> to, to allow myself to say, well, I'm attracted to the order. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that that represented something very profound about, my, you know, my own interior self and how I felt when I how I felt when I found the Dominicans. I felt like I was coming home for the very first time. Um, and so all, all of this is to put um, all of this is to put some some flesh on this I, this idea of love. Now, okay, so if we take if we take this at the first level here, Father Bonaventure, we're talking about just the passions uh, mm-hmm. again, a kind of impulse, um, something um, subrational, if you will, before mm-hmm. reason. Um, how do, how does that interact then with man's rational qualities? Um, because this episode is on the virtues, um, right? You know, especially the virtue of love. Um, so, how does this passion of love interact with the virtue of charity? Yeah, so. Again, all things, at least in Thomas's account, have a, st- a strive for the good in some fashion. So they desire perfection. I mean, you could so birds desire just in their nutrition, they're eating and they're taking care of themselves and avoiding pre- predators. Are desiring, they're loving themselves, they're loving the the good for them in this way. Um, but thankfully, most of us are more complicated and interesting than birds. Um, some birds are very complicated and interesting, but we are more than that because we have we are not just sensible creatures. We're not just animals. We're not just rocks. We're not just minerals. We have those aspects to us, of course, and you can't deny aspects of them, of the natural kind of sub-rational sphere, you could say. But a human being is a knower and a lover. We are rational creatures with an, that have an intellect and a will. That's what distinguishes us, an intellect to know with uh, and a will to love with. And that is not a separate piece of us in a sense. It's not like now that there's the passion part and then there's the intellect and will part, but the beautiful part of, of the, the Thomistic sense of things, the Catholic sense of things, is that the intellect and the will shape even the passions. So it's like a filling together. So it's not like a layer cake where you have passions on the bottom. You know, you imagine making yourself a, uh, what do you call those, a yogurt, some sort of yogurt dish. And you put like granola. Parfait. Parfait. Oh, I love parfait. And you put like layers of things, right? 
Um, and then you eat them by the layers. You know, you get the first the, the ice cream or whatever, or yogurt, and then you get the the the, uh, the crumbly granola, stuff, granola, yeah, and the yeah. fruit and all mm-hmm. that. And so it's nice. It looks nice to layer, but uh, see, Catholics don't believe we're layer cakes. We're not like animals that then have attached the top. You know, intellect and will. It's that those are shaping and forming. So it's a bit like shake. You know, a milkshake. Maybe is that the best? We're kind of a milkshake. So we're blended together, so that <laughs> so that we act with our passions through reason. And that's the virtues. You know, people think virtues are like nice characteristics. He's a very virtuous person. But virtues are the power of our actions to be rational. So that our loves, for instance, uh, need not be merely subrational and sensate and driven by pleasure, but are directed by the good. And not just any good, but the rational good, the good for us. Just like that bird directs itself towards its own good, the bird good, we have our we have a human good and that's to know and love in a rational fashion and so what virtues do especially the virtue of of love you could say the human virtue of love is that it directs our desires and our passions for the good for us for human beings who are knowers and lovers who want to know other human beings and want to be in community with them and want to know the truth and want to attach themselves to it, that kind of thing. So the virtue of love draws, in a sense, the passions up into the rational life, doesn't separate from them. And those passions are then, you could say, illuminated, uh, heightened, elevated into our feelings of, well, I mean, love and joy for intellectual things. Like, birds don't get excited about hearing Mozart, you know? Uh, but we do. Like, we have, some of us have, you call these dry passions or dry pleasures, right? Wine connoisseurs, you know? Or fine things. Or just the pleasures of reading a book and understanding something for the first time. That's a passion. That's a passion. But it's it's a passion that's a rational, tr- rationally trained. And, and that's what makes us able to live life in an ordered way still, right? Um, you know, so we have to affirm both those impulses that we have and say that well sometimes they sometimes they have to be ordered and moderated right because if 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 one were to constantly pursue every impulse of attraction every impulse of love every impulse of desire every passion and feeling one were to have um life would quickly be full of problems <laughs> and so that so our reason helps us to order those things as father bonaventure said in our pursuit of that which is truly good for us and that which is actually true so there's a kind of classical image of this um, that bears repeating here of uh, of the chariot, that the passions are the horses and the charioteer, the one driving the chariot, um, is our reason. And I like this example a lot because um, sometimes uh, our passions do feel very much like horses and we can feel we can feel pulled away by them. But, uh, but like a charioteer, um, reason has the ability to actually tame and direct and drive them. They can be, they can be ordered and we're not just simply slaves to them. You know, again, as Father Bonaventure emphasized, we are we are both the things felt in our will and the things we choose and the things known in our mind. Um, and that the human person is a unique composite because of precisely these two great uh these two great characteristics of who we are, right? And they come in it that, that chariot so that it's not passions or reason, uh or passions or the will, but the passions through reason, the passions through the will. We're still very much humans. We're not ghosts and machines. We're embodied. We're embodied creatures. Um, but we're yeah, creatures right. with a, a high embodiment. Without, a, a charioteer without the horses of the passions would be a very silly thing. You wouldn't get very far. Not until Henry Ford, at least. <laughs> 
Great. Well, that, that's a good place to pause and take our short take our short break here. Um, you're listening to God's Planning on the Virtue of Love. Um, when we get back, more Thomism. Hooray! You are listening to God's Planning. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to uh, myself, me, Father Patrick Briscoe, and my guest, not really a guest, another host of the show, my co-host today, Father Bonaventure Chapman. Um, And we've been talking about the virtue of charity, which you managed to remember, the virtue of love. Uh, Well, we haven't really yet, though, and that's that's a nice point here. We've been talking about, in a sense, love. Um, but of course, the virtue we talk about is caritas, charity, um, which most people I associate, I assume, with like charity as in giving things to the poor or charity work or something. But for for us, that's it's the, the essential virtue, which builds up above from this love aspect. It's love of, well, I mean, of the divine. So um, we need to make a shift now from this human level and the human goods of communion, sociality, truth, and all these sort of things to what's really behind them because the virtue this is a theological virtue of charity of love which means that it aims at god theos so um how best to describe this transition phase or can we make sense of this what's the point of it well that's true um i mean one of the great moves that thomas aquinas uses is friendship right and uh friendship analogous we uh, we understand on the natural level is simply willing the good for another um in the supernatural level, it is loving God as that which is beyond us, as that as that good which perfects us, um, that this love that human beings can have for God is the most radical and powerful kind of friendship that we can know um, ever, <laughs> because it exists not just on this side of eternity, but that's actually what eternity is, loving and longing and delighting in and being with um, that good uh, for us, which is God. Um so I so I think one of the keys here is is this understanding of friendship, which has both an understanding at the natural level, and then as like Father Bonaventure is saying, as we start to talk about what the virtue of charity is, that is supernatural love, um, that the virtue of charity is fundamentally um, a friendship, a bonding, a union between human beings uh, and God. But Father Petrimari, why why would we want to be bonded in friendship with him? I mean, can't we just be in friendship with each other and live virtuous lives? Like what is this? We talked about the layer cake of passions and then rational. It feels like, is this another layer cake? Are we, are we actually adding a layer onto this thing? Or is this friendship with God that charity aims at that our, our knowing and our loving directed towards him and not just to others around us, let alone pizza, um, all those being good. Does it, What's the point? Does it really do anything for us? Can we make a milkshake out of this? Or are we stuck with a yogurt parfait? This is great. Um, milkshakes or yogurt parfait? No, I'll choose milkshake. And I will say that the milkshake is animated by divine things. Mm. And that what we long for, right, is inf- infinite divine things. Uh, what, 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 we long, what we long for is eternal divine things. And uh, uh, infinite and eternal, I'm just kind of playing around with as divine, right? Uh, because you uh infinite natural things uh complicated right uh, but none of room my, for that my, <laughs> my my point is that that we that we that we continue to desire even even should we be able uh on this side of eternity to delight in the natural goods of friendship those will never be enough for us 
And so what we're talking about is something like the satisfaction of all of our desire, the fulfillment of all of our desire. And I think that's, it sounds like pie in the sky kind of stuff, but it's not. It's kind of God in the sky kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's that we, this desire for the infinite, I think that's right. Um, that love has this. When people, when people say, uh, I love you, you know, when someone actually love, you know, when speaking the highest, not just like, I like you or I'm attracted to you, or those are lower levels you could say, but they don't put a little caveat on it usually. It's not, in wedding vows, you don't say, I'll, I'll have you for, for as long as I like you, or as long as you're nice to me, or as long as the money's there, as long as, people, even though people don't always f- fulfill and live up to this goal, People who say I love you mean it in a kind of unconditional way. In a sense, our all of our human loves, our natural loves, are conditioned. They're conditioned on certain finite goods, finite experiences. But there's an unconditioned there that we all have in both the knowing, in terms of we want to, you know, kids, why, why, why? And then as as we get older, we realize that we just don't have time to answer all those questions. So we kind of <laughs> we kind of give up a little bit, but we still strive for it, right? I mean, no one if somebody just randomly popped in, like a dinosaur all of a sudden popped in front of you, a T Rex and then disappeared, you wouldn't be like, Oh, whatever. You know, who cares? You'd want to know what happened, right? You'd want to get to the bottom of it. You might even do a life quest for this sort of thing. Maybe maybe God should do this more often to draw people to him, but he doesn't. Um so but you want to know. In loving, it's the same way. I feel like we want, when we hold on to something good uh, that we love, when we get something we love, we don't want to let it go. You know, we don't want the experience to end, whatever it might be. You read a great book and you're just, you're in love with this and you're feeling drawn to these characters and all of a sudden it ends and you, you feel cheated. You feel like there's an injustice here because this was something that I desired above all. You feel like this with, with a, I mean, television series the same way right when you're everyone's enjoying this moving up to its climax and Battlestar Galactica when this ended it was just depression after depression you know because it shouldn't end because things that you desire you are made for an infinite sense of this we all kind of get this and the question is how do we fill it and that's what the theological that's what theological virtue of charity is all about is is aiming at the actual fulfillment of Battlestar Galactica (laughs) that's right well I mean I would use Wagner but I think that's fine because th- that's the genius of Wagner, right? Is that the moment is in fact expanded, and um, and that that in in the sense of his music, there 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 is just time and space made that shouldn't exist there, um, and there's a great suspension. There's a great suspension, and we're held there, um, longing for it not to end. Anyway, that's that's me on Wagner. Um, I think that uh, I think too. You mentioned an important element of love. Um, something that is absolutely inseparable is this idea of um, this idea of sacrifice or wanting wanting to be caught up in something other than oneself. Um, we 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 know we know. Sorry, as I'm like bounding my microphone around here because I'm really animated. I'm talking with my hands. Uh, we we know that love for ourselves is not the satisfaction of this desire that we're talking about. Um, it has to be outside of our, uh, of ourselves. And this is one of the points that C.S. Lewis makes really well, I think, um, in The Four Loves, that, that he says very clearly, to love is to risk. To love is to risk. Um, that that, there, will, that there, there, is something about, uh, there is something about love on this side of heaven that makes us ready to bear, ready, ready to bear painfulness. Um, and that, that, there's, that there's a great mystery there. And that Christ shows us the fulfillment of this when when he dies on on the cross which is so prominent in our minds here in this lenten season the sacrifice that christ is willing to make for us 
if it was so what do you make of this father bonaventure do you think that all love necessarily involves pain oh okay um well i mean yeah necessarily involves pain i think or sacrifice yeah yeah more, I, well well know, let's put it this way right broadly can i can i construe it and relate to the virtue of hope if if sacrifice wasn't important then the virtue of hope would be the only end point we needed so that we because hope is the desire for your good so the desire of god for you so it's a it's and and that doesn't seem to require any it might con- contingently require a sacrifice if you to get to heaven you might have to struggle but it might not there's nothing necessary about hope being on uh, on a sacrifice to you um because it's about your good in, in heaven but love charity is the virtue of loving god for his sake not for yours so hope is loving god for your sake as being fulfilled in heaven and charity is love of god for his sake and right there i think if you want to say necessarily however modality you involve the sacrifice in there is this element of not you right because what's sacrifice sacrifice is is giving something up for something else in all different modalities. No greater love is there than this, that one should lay down one's life for one's friends. John 15, 15 13, yes. And it, that's, I mean, I think that's a crucial dynamic to the Christian life, and it points to the virtue of charity, because charity means giving up yourself for for another. And that's what we do in charity, is we give up ourself for God. Now, paradoxically enough, of course, is that we talked about this all the way back in the start, you're made for perfection. You're made for a good. Love is about striving for a good. Bird goods are bird seeds. They eat that and they get to bird good. Your Our good, though, is not actually in us. Necess- it's, not, it's, it's in him. Because all things are oriented to him, right? So even that bird eating is oriented towards the goodness, the flourishing of, of God's kingdom, you could say. But our good is in communion, friendship with another, with an infinite other that requires us to, in a sense, take a second place, but that's what we are made to be. So in the sacrifice of our first place status, we actually achieve our true perfection. That's the the Christian mystery, the paradox of of what you give up, you will receive back a hundredfold, this kind of thing. Jesus gestures at this with the parables for the for the simple folk. Um, but he's, he's onto something very profound there, of course. So I think, so, so necessarily involves a sacrifice. The Lord, the Lord is onto some, the Lord is onto a good idea. You know, Bonaventure Chapman, you've always, I've always thought, you know, if, if it, to think <laughs> that Jesus, pretty smart guy, he comes up with a ton of great stuff. I mean, it's, it's very unlikely. I've met very few re- people I've read that have said as profound and impressive things. No, this is true. Yeah. The Lord, our great master. Um, can, can I talk about, well, I want to circle back on your, um, the thing you started with about Dominicans, about list of sins uh, and the vices versus the virtues, because I think this is involved here. Um, I'll just make a quick comment yeah, about please. this. Yeah, Maybe you can react it. to it. it. Um, I was thinking, you know, we Dominicans in the moral life, we focus on the virtues, right? Our growing to our perfection, which of course now you can see is, at least in some version, is sacrificing yourself for god and therefore receiving back yourself in your fullness um and so the moral life is about striving to be good but oftentimes moral life is about striving to avoid sins right we talk about avoiding things don't do this don't do this don't do this and dominicans are never really keen on that because we're not just because we want to accentuate the positive you could say 
But because in some ways that's the best way to do it. I was just thinking about this with the motivation to avoid sin, as opposed to like aiming at the sin saying, I shouldn't do X, therefore I'm not going to do it. When we think of loving someone, there are things about us that that person might not like, and that those things take us away from that person, and so we just don't do them so that we can be around them. For instance, um, I was trying to think if, uh, you know, it's a very, I did an episode, we did an episode a while on swearing or something, if you have foul language. Some people just don't like foul language around, and it's kind of, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be using foul language all the time. It's just kind of, it's, it's uncouth, but it also separates you from people, right? So, you could make a plan for yourself, I'm not going to swear this this week or something, and aim at swearing. But instead, you could also say, I want to be around this person, James, for instance. And James, it makes James uncomfortable. He doesn't like swearing. And so, I'm going to, I'm going to not swear, but because I want to be around James. And it gives it a positive aspect. And I think I'm more inclined to give things up and to change myself for another than I am just for kind of myself. I mean, duty works well for some things, but I'm really more inclined to change for one I love, more likely. I think that's what charity, I mean, all our sins, in a sense, are things that God would prefer we didn't do and that separate us from him. But to focus on being in love with him and therefore rooting out these kind of other things is, a, I think, a great motivation and a deep truth about our moral life. My reaction to that is that is very well put. <laughs> it captures a, captures a lot of things that I've felt and noticed uh, over over our years together about the project of formation as we were preparing to be ordained and uh, and the kind of counsel I find myself giving people as a priest. Um, you know, simply put in that in that struggle with sin, um, uh, one of one of my confessors at the House of Studies encouraged me just run from it run from it uh, you know and he he referenced he referenced the church fathers um who who give this advice about any any number of sins uh, run from them and distract yourself not not so as to be distracted but to fill what you would fill with something negative with something good which is another way i think of articulating uh, what what father bonaventure so masterfully phrased there for us well, yeah and i think it's it's about uh the theological virtue of charity then is not then just kind of our feelings towards God by ourselves in the chapel in the dark. It's not an individual kind of, although it is that, that's crucial. But it trickles down, again, it's not a layer cake, but the virtue of love, charity, then orders all of our lower things, all the way down to the passions about what we even desire. Because all of right, those right. lower levels can become roadblocks to actually loving him. And I think... If you don't live the virtuous life, or you don't intend it, or you don't aim for it, uh, one, you know, you won't be open to his grace, but you might, you won't be open to his love. And of course, we should say finally um, that this is not a works project. That the Dominicans don't really aren't really big into works projects. We point out what has to happen, and then we ask the Lord to do it because we can't. So <laughs> theological virtue of charity, this love that like you know milkshakes you, if that's a verb. Um, that's something that's given by God. Uh, it's worked out in us. We have to be open and receptive to it. You know, we have to be in that that blender. But he's the one who pushes kind of start on it. He's the one who does that. So it's something we can even pray for, uh, to ask for this reordering, so that actually we can love him, which many people may have never really experienced, not to experience the love of God. Uh, what a deep tragedy. This is a great place to end this episode. You know, thank you, uh, Father Bonaventure, for uh, being on my show today. Oh, you're welcome. You can have <laughs> me back anytime. 
<laughs> so that's good since you're a co-host. Um, for our listeners who are joining us, uh, we thank you for sharing these episodes. Um, maybe you want to share this episode with someone you love. And so demonstrate to them your love for them and your love for God uh, by saying, hey, I listened to these guys talk and it was a great penance and I love God more because of it. Sacrifice. Um, so <laughs> so do that. Love, please follow us on social media, like and share the podcast, um, watch on YouTube. You can see all kinds of great, great facial expressions. Um, thanks to cameras, etc. We also have merch available, so you can find uh, the link to that on our website, godsplaining.org. Um, any purchases or donations made to the podcast, we're very grateful for, and those uh, continue to support our improving uh, quality of performance. Um, not really of content. We, you know, <laughs> What we do is what you get, but certainly in terms of quality of production. So uh, please know, as this Lenten season continues, of our prayers for you and uh, of our hope to see you one day rejoicing in that charity which never ends. Amen. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.